What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. This is our exclusive episode for patrons and subscribe stars until it goes live on YouTube several months after the fact. It's our second episode on Undertale. Um, I have a lot of notes. I got like eight-ish pages, <laughs> and Dude. I'm I'm actually thinking we may need to do one more after this strictly to cover the genocide route did did you play the genocide route no i i started i i actually can't um i can't do that this is <clears throat> this game i don't know man this is a this is one of those games it, it's yeah. very difficult for me like initially i was like oh i'm gonna do all the routes but after beating the game after playing this game mm -hmm. um and then i i played it again with breezy and we did the same route again i did the pacifist again i i can't i can't kill papyrus or freaking um sorry uh toriel or oh, any yeah. of these people i can't yeah. i just can't like kill them i can't do it i can't do it and uh Darn you, Toby Fox. <laughs> well, uh, there's some really different things that happen. Um, things that I don't want to spoil, uh, but Ooh. you may have to watch them on YouTube and on like a genocide route the, playthrough I, if, on if YouTube or something. Happens, it will not be me playing. It'll be me watching <laughs> somebody else do it. Yeah. I, and I, even that'll be hard. I, yeah. I just, <laughs> Uh, it's I, it's I feel an attachment to the characters. It's, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty brutal. So um, yeah. I'm gonna leave that route or any talk about that route uh, for another episode after this. So there will be three total Undertale episodes. Um, so for this episode, we're just gonna be talking about the neutral and um, pacifist, true pacifist routes. Okay. Um, we left off last time after the date sequence with papyrus after finishing the snowden sort of arc of the game uh, um, and we're approaching undine now right yeah so the waterfall the waterfall section of the game which is the undine arc um yeah. so you meet this kid i think his actual <laughs> name is monster kid <laughs> yeah great um Perfect. the yellow the yellow colored monster yep. kid with the yellow shirt yeah and he thinks undyne is just sick he thinks yeah. undyne is like the sweetest the best the best so he's cool an undyne super fan he's going to be kind of coming around popping up now and then for some pretty humorous moments uh yeah. in, in the tense moments with undyne he seems to be the character who sort of like releases the tension where there's a nice yeah. little joke with the kid um yeah. so he kind of comes up a lot i i took a note here I don't know if you saw this in your playthrough. Um, the, you get to this spot where you have to cross the water by putting little flowers down that sort of create a bridge if you get four in a row. Like if you connect four yeah. of them in a row, you can walk across. Yeah. And at the bottom of the screen, there's a little, um, you know, like a wooden board, like a sign. And, and uh, you know, you might be curious, so what does that say? So you go put the flowers down so that you can walk across and, and <laughs> interact with it. And what it says is, congratulations, you failed the puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go reset it. Reset it, that. and then, yeah. Um, just nice, nice touches, uh, of course, of humor all the time like that. Like we said last time, we, we won't be able to touch on every single one of these sorts of things. But no, from from time to time, I took notes. It's them. just the whole game. Like, yeah. I realized if I was going to take notes on every time something like that happened, I'd, ju I'd just be writing the whole game. Now. Just write the whole game. <laughs> uh, Papyrus calls you at the end of that screen when you cross and asks you what you're wearing right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. She says she saw you now in my playthrough wearing a dusty tutu. Um, yeah, that was me too. Yeah. But you could also have like a gross band aid or any number of things that you are yeah. currently wearing uh, that, that you have equipped at the time. Um, he says, "Is that true? Are you wearing a dusty tutu?" So you have a choice here to tell the truth, a or lie, to yeah, lie. Yeah. I I really like this a lot because. So, so many, uh, or so much of the equipment, I guess, the things you can put on are kind of like embarrassing things to wear. 
So there's like uh, I I feel like a natural inclination to say like no I'm not wearing that. No, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. I um I wonder. So what happens if you do lie? So it's it's either way. Um, mo- more or less the same. It's going to be the opposite thing. Either way, he tells Undyne what you are yeah. wearing accidentally. Yes. So um, anyways. But he's all trying to be nice though, right? Yes. He's trying to help you, but it's yes. it, it backfires either way. Um, it, it's during this section of the game, though, that the the it starts to sort of exposit about um, the power the the power difference between monster and human souls. A, a lot of these uh, are yes. found like on the walls. There's like little messages and things like that. Yep. Um, as you read them and you put them together. It reads, why did the humans attack? Indeed, it seems they had nothing to fear. Humans are unbelievably strong. It would take the soul of nearly every monster just to equal the power of a single human soul. If humans have one weakness, ironically, it is the strength of their soul. Its power allows it to persist outside the human body even after death. If a monster defeats a human, they can take its soul. A monster with a human soul, a horrible beast with unfathomable power. So this is the beginning of sort of explaining uh, essentially what Asgore, the king of the underworld, is after. Um, They they need human souls to break the barrier to escape this underworld that has been their prison since the war back, you know, in ancient times, so that they can escape and go back to the top world. And they kind of, they have some interesting things here where... You know, the monsters used to look at the stars. It was like a, a tradition of wishing uh, on stars. Yeah. And they can't do that anymore because they can't see stars. Mm-hmm. Now they have are these little glittering uh, lights in the caves, right? That yeah. sort of, it's like the wishing cave instead of like real stars. You, you can sort of feel that longing they have to go yeah. back to the world that, that they loved before. So nice sort of moments, like sort of subtle, yeah. sentimental moments there. Um, sort of setting this up uh, for later reveals. Um, but the fights against Undyne, I think all of them are really cool. Um, in the first one, you're basically just like running across this bridge and she's just like throwing spears at you and every time it hits you, oh. you get into a little battle. Yeah. What were you going to uh, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's actually really cool because there's a little hint about where they're going to show up and the puzzle is actually super fun. Uh, but usually this particular one, it ends going into like a grassy little patch, mm-hmm. right? And you're hiding in the patch and Undyne, Undyne shows up and Walking just like through. reaches down right where you were basically <laughs> and pulls out that dinosaur. <laughs> and the kid's like, uh, hey, Undyne. And Undyne's like, what are you doing here? Yep. And he's like, oh, you know, I just wanted a front row seat to yep. wherever you, where you're going to pound that human. Yep. <laughs> where, where's the human? Where's the human? And then it's so funny because then you know, Undyne puts the kid down, leaves. We come back out, and the kid's just like in awe, like Undyne touched me. <laughs> oh, I wonder where that human is, though, and just yeah. has no clue, no idea that it's you. Yep. It's, Und- it's a funny moment. Undyne touched me. I'm never washing my face again. Yeah, my it's face. Because <laughs> she grabs him by like the head, puts him back. Down. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, uh, and so that kid actually helps us out. I think he helps us like climb up. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Platform. He like lets you. He's like, don't worry, I'll catch up myself. Yeah, it gives you a boost. I really, really liked all of these little sections with the with the monster kid. Um, yeah, because it's like he's helping you out. He's like stoked. Yep. You're like becoming friends. Especially the part where you get the umbrella and you're walking through the rain, and he like shares yeah. the umbrella with you, and and you have that sort of like profile shot as they're walking across and they're silhouetted by the castle in in the distance. Um, yeah. it's just sort of like you're sharing this adventure with this kid, which will lead to the conflict with him at the end when he realizes who you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just awesome. It's just like really, really well done. Onion Sun, the big like water monster that just has like this dopey face and it's just like keeps trying to talk to you as you're walking by. Do you remember that? <laughs> well, I'm typing it in. I might recognize. Yes, I've seen this face. I've seen this face. Yeah. And was like huge and comes up from yeah. the water. I was like expecting yeah, a boss fight there, and like that's not really it. He's just like stoked to talk to you, yes, <laughs> and he's just and like, "Have a good day, see ya." Places, by the 
like makes like excited face that and like yeah. oh man so so funny yeah there's another undying chase where she cuts a bridge that you're standing on and you fall and i i found that this was a pretty obvious reference to final fantasy 7 cuz you land in a flower um patch it's a black screen with white text just like in ff7 when cloud falls from the top plate down into the slums into the church oh, oh you've yeah. you've fallen down haven't you and it's not the same words but are you okay here get up and then uh you know some dot dot dots yeah. Uh, it says your your name like oh that's a nice name my name is it's just like Aerith uh, and, and Cloud and you're like wake up in the flower it is so. I actually didn't realize that though. <laughs> I didn't make that connection hey everybody I just wanted to add really quickly that I am aware of what this quick little scene is probably referring to in regards to Azriel and the first child who fell down into the underworld so I didn't say that in the podcast here but I am aware that it's probably pointing towards that. So, yeah. Because I was just thinking about the intro of the game where you fall into a flower patch and it's a similar kind of thing. Oh, right. That's funny. I didn't realize that. Yep. There's an, um, a much more obvious Final Fantasy reference a little later, which I'm sure you caught on to, but um, with Metaton uh, and the, oh, yeah. the opera the, the opera scene. Oh, from yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a kind of thing. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, Okay, so as you press forward, you come across another dummy. Uh, you know, like the beginning of the game where Toriel yeah, like had you practice. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it gets pissed. And uh, it, it basically, depending on what you did in that fight against the dummy, if you actually attacked it, I think he'll get mad. Like, oh, you like beat up you know, this guy, you know, my, my friend or whatever. But um, yeah. if you do true pacifist where you just used actions like Toriel had suggested... He'll say, you're really boring, and they got annoyed and flew away like any self-respecting specter, so either way, he's mad at you for what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. And so you end up uh, fighting that guy, and at the end of the fight, there's this little ghost that comes in. (laughs) He apologizes. Yeah, he apologizes. He's like, sorry, I interrupted you, didn't I? As soon as I came over, your friend immediately left. (laughs) That is the funniest Ghost is hilarious and yeah. just like thinks that like oh what's the name though what's the name the name of the ghost yeah i can't remember it's a funny name but yeah the ghost just feels like he's in the way all the time it's like a total eeyore <laughs> yes it's so funny yeah uh, you guys look like you were having fun because <laughs> oh, as, as the guy was sitting there yeah exactly it's like, oh no! You can meet up with that ghost later on. Well, yeah, because he tells you, "I'm going home, but feel free to yes. come over if you want." No pressure. I understand if you're busy. It's fine. Yeah, no worries. You probably won't come. But <laughs> and it's so funny when you go over there. It's yeah, it's 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 great because like he's got his spook wave music, and you can like choose yeah. different songs, and those songs will continue to play even when you leave his house. And they're um, hilarious too. And yeah, it's just like ooh, the, the this song's so catchy, and it's just like this weird <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, I love the lyric to this one, and it's just ooh, you know, and that's like the whole song. <laughs> so good. And you could have like a psychedelic experience with him. Did you get that one where you like uh, lay I down on the ground? Yeah. And it, and it, it you have to wait a long time. I think I a lot of people would then. probably like get impatient and just like get up. But if you yeah, lay there for a really long time, the camera like pans up and there's like this whole psychedelic experience and it comes back down and they feel like they've had you know like life altering nice. sort of like perspective. It's really freaking funny. Um anyway. Uh you can also race snails close by to here. Did you do this? Yes, I, did, the but I don't know how you actually win though. Did you, you win? You can't because if oh, you okay. <laughs> if you press the more you press because it's like cheer on your snail, right? So yeah, the more like, the more you tap over Yeah, it's like it gets burdened by the pressure and, and it like it starts like crumbling under the pressure and it can't so if take you it. Don't cheer it on, it still loses anyways. Though. Yeah, it'll lose, but it'll do it at least it'll try. But like the more you cheer it on, the more expectation, and it just like no, I can't handle the expectation. I thought when it bursts into flames, I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, what what did I just do? Yep. Um, 
Undyne's house is also close by here, but you don't come back to this till later, so we'll skip over that. Um, okay, okay. This is a little bit later. You come across a vendor named Gerson, who is like a turtle, like a like a wise old sort of turtle character, oh, and yeah, he, he has like a lot of um, things you can talk to him about that he, he fills in more of like the world building of the game. So he'll tell you the meaning behind the kingdom's emblem. The Delta Rune, yep. which is what you went yep. over in the last episode. Yeah, the angel. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me just pull it up here. Uh, some of the things he says. So he says that emblem actually predates written history. The original meaning has been lost to time. All we know is that the triangles symbolize us monsters below, and the winged circle above symbolizes something else. Most people say it's the angel from the prophecy. And so that'll open up the ability to talk about the prophecy, where he says, Oh yeah, the prophecy. Legend has it an angel who has seen the surface will descend from above and bring us freedom. Lately, the people have been talking, uh, taking a, uh, a bleaker outlook, calling that circle the angel of death. So this is really interesting because this can go either way with which route you choose. If you choose the genocide route, you are the angel of death. You are the... Yeah. Uh, the fulfiller of the prophecy of the bleaker outlook of it. Whereas on true pacifist route, you're, you know, the, the angel that comes to like save the monsters from their prison. A harbinger of destruction uh, waiting to free us from this mortal realm. In my opinion, when I see that circle, I just think it looks neat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, he has some more dialogue here about the prophecy. What's that? You want me to repeat myself? Heck no, your eyes still work. Go read a book or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is just an old, grumpy old man. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's, again, I think some of Toby's attempts to sort of subvert some of the JRPG tropes where... You read through dialogue, maybe you go too fast. Like, wait, I want to hear what that guy has to say again. You talk to him again, but he's not just going to repeat himself, right? Whereas characters in RPGs repeat themselves. I so, know, and that's basically all they do. Right. Um, he also talks about the king, Asgore, a little bit. Uh, this is not the first time Asgore has been referred to as, like, being really soft-hearted or um, yeah. kind of a weenie or something like that, right? He's a, he's a, a teddy bear. Yeah. Uh, so he says, King Fluffy Buns, he's a friendly, happy-go-lucky kind of guy. You keep walking around long enough, you'll probably meet him. He loves to walk around and talk to people, eh? What do you, what do I call, uh, Dreamur? Why do I call D Dreamur, which is his last name, Fluffy Buns? Oh, that's a great story. I don't remember it. <laughs> if you come back, <laughs> yeah. but if you come back much later, I'm sure I'll have remembered by then. Um, I'm guessing if you actually go back later... Yeah, he'll he'll have some more think, some more to talk I about. I don't I don't remember going back to do that now that I think about it. Um, but I'm sure it'll be written here. Um, then you can ask about Undyne as well. Yeah, she's a local hero around here uh, through grit and determination alone. Now, determination is a word that's been coming up quite a bit, especially a at every save point. Um, so determination is being worked into this game very like purposefully it's it's part of the game's theme this determination motif through grit and determination alone she fought her way to the top of the royal guard actually she just came through here asking about uh, someone who looked just like you i'd watch your back um and buy some items it might uh, save your life so those are all kind of the important things that he talks to you about right now i do have some of this uh extra dialogue about Asgore or uh, Asgore that he probably gives later so anyway one thing about the word dreamer d-r-e-e-m-u oh yes uh, it's an anagram is that the word yeah I'm not sure what you'd of call the that word murder oh yeah it, it's you just take the word murderer mm -hmm. and you jumble the letters and you get dreamer mm. is that what an anagram is I, I feel like maybe I'm wrong Hold on. With that. let me, I mean, let me look up the definition that's the idea you just rearrange the letters an anagram is a word or phrase formed by reordering the letters of another word or phrase. Go. So it is correct. I didn't realize that, though. That's actually really interesting as well. Which well, okay, we'll about here's, the, here's <laughs> the crazy part. So it's it says murderer, but it's one letter off. 
if mm. you rearrange them in a different way from saying Redeemer. Oh, okay. So I feel like once again, you've got the angel of death or the angel of life. Yeah. And then with the last name Dreamer, you have an anagram that is murderer, but that if you spell it a different way, you can almost spell Redeemer mm. using those same letters. So I don't know. That's fascinating in my opinion. It's not quite strictly a redrum situation. Um, okay, so should we talk about Temiville the cheer real quick? It's it's something that you don't even I didn't even find it on my first playthrough of this game. Did you find it? I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's probably the best place in the whole game. It is it is incredible. You just walk around <laughs> and I've heard Okay, so there's two people credited for the majority of this game yeah. you have Temi um, is one of them Toby Fox yes exactly and then you have a name somebody named uh Temi right yeah mm -hmm. Temi Chang that's it this says Temi Chang is Toby Fox friend and the main artist of Undertale yeah in Undertale she is represented by the character Temi so yeah. I don't know to what extent these little Temi represent the artist Temi yeah. who did a lot of the designs for this game in some ways, it makes me... If I feel like there's probably a connection. Yeah. And that Temi loves cats, and she's kind of spacey, and mm. this is just something that was just hilarious. And mm. they decided that, you know, they would name it after her, specifically. I thought it was super funny. But these Temi, they're just psycho. They're just nonsense. They don't... They don't do anything, but they, they believe that they are very important yeah and they think they're awesome and they think that they're the reason for the world spinning basically and my favorite part of the whole timmy village you walk in there and you're talking to them and they're all just like saying just a bunch of nonsense but it's really funny um you can go up and talk to somebody in uh one of in the store i think in the shop and um the timmy says you can ask them questions you know and talk about ask about timmy history and mm -hmm. then the answer is Temi have a rich history. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, okay, I like everything you say. They're just so optimistic. But then you leave the room and you go back and there's a poster. Yeah. And then you you look at the poster and it shows a Temi like on like slaying a, a dragon. Yeah, with like, like a, a giant sword one. <laughs> yeah. Or a giant monster. And it's and then it just says on the capture, rich history of Temi. Rich history of Temi. <laughs> it's like so funny, man. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe how good it is. It was uh, so good. Yeah. Um, did you uh, pay to send Temi to college? The the shopkeeper, I, Temi? I don't believe I did. Okay. I actually can't remember that too well, so I don't think so. So you can donate to the Temi vendor to send her to college. And she goes to college and comes back and... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I would have done though, but yeah. I can't remember. Uh, it's like a thousand gold or something. It's not like too hard to get, but it's probably more than you have at this point, particularly if you're not like, yeah, going out of your way to kill stuff. You're not going out of your way to kill stuff and grind. Um, right. So, anyways, um, when she comes back, it, it, it's basically there's an Easter egg here where you can end up getting like a really really strong piece of armor, but the way that it works is the more times you've died in the game, the less expensive the armor becomes. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of like a way of trying to help someone who's really struggling, maybe in late game areas or something, because um, mm -hmm. especially on the path true Pazvis route, like you have really low health and you're only like your LV, your love is one, right? Um, uh, but anyways, um, I hadn't seen any of this on my first playthrough, so it's just genuinely hilarious. I'll probably play some clips of some of my favorite parts. The, there's, the Temi are classic. The Temi are probably the best part of this game, in my opinion. There's uh, one of them you talk to who says, uh, oh, are you allergic to Temi or something like that? Like, don't worry, I'm allergic too. And then she just starts like breaking out in hives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hives! <laughs> it's funny. Uh, and then there was, there's another character there. I think it's a flower or something that just talks about like the, the hell it is to be stuck alone with all these morons in Temi. <laughs> you can't, you can't leave. It's funny. Um, That's great. 
Okay, so you come across Undyne again. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, actually, no, this isn't the last time. This isn't the, the final fight with her. Oh, okay. um, but she begins to explain here that Asgore is going to use your soul to break the seal between the human world and the underworld. Um, she says that seven souls total are required, and yours is the seventh. Yeah. Um, then the, the yellow kid kind of shows up, the monster kid, in between the two of you, right? And he's looking back and forth like, Yo, you did it! Undyne's right in front of you, you got front row yeah. seats! Well, who's she gonna fight? <laughs> and that's when he starts realizing it's you, and she yeah. kinda, like carries him off, right? And then later, he ends up confronting you again. On the um, bridge, right? Yeah, now he knows that you're human. Um, he asks yeah. you to say something mean to him so he can hate you. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. You know, though, that's... um. <laughs> That's classic too. That's like classic anime trope, yeah. or maybe I don't it's something know, like, kids like kids would do, man. Like totally. I, I need but to also, hate you. You got to say something mean to me. Like um. Okay, like a like a <laughs> like in a Korean drama, right? Mm -hmm. Where the character like they can't be together. Yeah. And so the guy knows they can't be together, and but the girl loves him too much, and so in order. For her to be okay with them breaking up, he, he has like to has to jerk. do something to make her hate him, and then he just lives <laughs> with it. You know, I love it. It's so funny. Yep, it's yep. so classic. Never works. Uh, yeah. So if you refuse, he tries to say that he hates you, but he feels bad, and then he starts to like run home, and he slips and he starts to fall off the bridge, yep. and Undyne is watching as you sort of like save him. You pick him up. Bring now, him do back you have to top. save him? Okay. Here is another quick addendum. Uh, because I didn't realize how many ways there are to actually approach this while I was talking to Kaysen originally. So, you can either help the monster kid up yourself, which is what I, I think I've done every time I've played the game, and Undyne will back off, or you can do nothing, just stand there and let the kid fall, or you can run toward Undyne, presumably to attack her, and the kid will fall, or you can run away. Like, try to escape from Undyne, and the kid will fall. There's really only two outcomes to this. Either way, the monster kid is saved by Undyne, who is injured in the attempt to save him, or you help the kid up and she backs off. So there's really only two outcomes, but there's four ways to kind of go about it, which is pretty interesting. Then, when she comes in, he sticks up for you in front of her, right? And she turns and, and walks away. But, you know, a couple screens later, you're going to actually confront her yeah, again for matter. for real but she just didn't want to do it in front of the monster kid which was telling about her personality a little bit right um okay so once you actually come to the real fight she starts to tell you the tragic story of of how her people uh were trapped in the underworld and uh then realizes it's pointless to be telling you or monologuing, right? This is, again, sort of like breaking that. If you're just going to die anyways. Um, this is so good. And that's another yeah. upending of the trope, right? Because yeah. at first she's just like, well, you're probably wondering, you know, why I'm doing this. Well, let me tell. No, wait. I don't need to tell you anything. I'm just yeah. going to kill you. And then yeah. it's like, oh, dang it. We th you think you're getting one trope, but instead you get yeah. what you you think you want, which is, oh, a bad guy who doesn't explain who doesn't do the trope. But yeah. then it's like, no, you do want the trope. You do want, <laughs> you do want to know why the bad guy did this. Yeah. Um, so Undyne also at this moment takes off her helmet. Yeah. <laughs> were, were you expecting? No, I like, wasn't. Definitely off? wasn't. Nope. No. It's so funny because Undyne seems like this beastly, hardcore, just like soldier, you know? And as soon as the helmet comes off, it's just this goofy, like mm -hmm. uh, that, that, um, that face that the avatar, um, kind of makes uh, next to the text yeah where undyne is like its profile it's from the side and the mouth is just open yep uh as if she's like laughing or something yeah. it is hilarious yeah. <laughs> yeah so undyne is just a clown just like everybody else yeah just wearing the sick armor but as soon as she takes off the helmet it's like this is this is funny yeah and i think that's a way of sort of personalizing and making every enemy in the game really memorable of course boss yeah. monsters or, or bosses in most games are memorable but like every monster in this game is not like monstrous like right. they're goofy they have weird quirks 
they yep. uh, try to tell you jokes, <laughs> or <laughs> or you know they 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 feel insecure, right? Like there's just things about them where they're it's really hammering home. These are just kind of like normal normal monsters, right? They're not yeah they're not uh, monstrous in that way, and Undyne's no different. Um. It's a it's a tough battle, by the way. <clears throat> it is. It's really it's really cool though. I especially like the shield that you swing around a block, and it's yeah. like the arrows coming from all the different directions. And the arrows can like start off in one place and then flip around to the other side. To the other yeah. side. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very very cool. Very it's good cool. stuff. If you can do it right, it's yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she chases you through. This is the transition from the waterfall section of the world, which is kind of where where she guards into the hot land or the volcano oh, yeah. section and all her armor overheats her. So at the end of this, you can either choose, there's like a, <laughs> there's, you know, like, the water cooler. yes, right. You know, when you go to like the doctor or the dentist, there's like that specific type where they have like yep. the blue and the red spout and you like choose the hot or the cold water oh, and, and you, you turn the, turn the, the tank upside down inside of it. Right. It's one of those Reminds just sitting of- in a volcano. <laughs> It was freaking um, Arizona, dude. When we yeah. lived in Arizona, yeah. nobody drank the tap water. Nope. Everyone went to water and ice and got yep. those big freaking jugs. Yep. Classic. Five-gallon five, five gallon jugs, and then you just turn yeah. them upside down in the little thing. And and then every now and then you miss, and water freaking <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> um, So you can go to that. You have to do it pretty quickly, actually. Go to that sort of, like, water cooler, and you can get her some water to, to drink and and she'll survive if you do this and um again we'll talk about genocide route and killing the bosses probably next time but for now we'll just focus on saving them and and befriending them because each one of them for each section has like a little thing where you like try to have like a mini game where you become better friends with these people Um, do you know do those mini games just not exist no if you kill them, then okay. you you never get a chance to do the befriending. That would make the game so much shorter, but yes. yeah, crazy. Wow. So, anyways, uh, if you choose to save her, she's like, why play surprised the game by if that. you're going to do that? <laughs> I'll t- we'll talk about that next time. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, when you go to her house to hang out with her, um, yeah. it's it's really, it's really funny. It's request, right? Papyrus yes. Mm-hmm. He's like trying to like get you guys to be friends. Yes. Because he's friends with her, and he's friends with yeah. you, and he wants his friends to be friends with each other, and he doesn't like the awkwardness. So he's been going over to her house to train, um, supposedly, but it, what she's doing is she's teaching him how to cook now, um, because, and she reveals this later, like, he's 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 actually a strong fighter, which was true. I really liked that, actually, that you mentioned that, because his his fight is not, like, easy. The fight against the papyrus it's actually kind of tough so he is a, a competent fighter he's just too naive and nice a person to be yeah. able to do what it takes to be a warrior of the royal guard exactly he just so, wants friends yeah so, so undyne is teaching him how to do things that make you friends yes like, like cook food. yeah to cook <laughs> yeah. so um i loved this because he takes you to the door and he's like okay um, she loves these, and he, he gives you, like, a... He holds out, like, a bone with, like, a ribbon tied to it. He's like, as long as we give her this as a gift, she is definitely going to like you or whatever. And then you go inside, and he gives it to her, and she's like, oh, thanks, I'll put it with the others. And she's got a whole drawer <laughs> full of these bones with ribbons on them that she just tosses it into. It's so funny. <laughs> and it's like Papyrus does not know no. Undyne very well. Papyrus no. does not... Um, actually isn't that good at be, being friends with people. Yeah, exactly. But he but he wants to be. Yeah, he tries. Um, so he bails shortly after this because the whole point is to try to get the two of you to be yeah. alone and to get to and know each other And the way he does better. it too is hilarious because he's just like, oh, here, here's my friend. And he just jumps out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really, it's really awkward. Undyne yeah. is like, uh, okay. Like, not sure what to do with you, but at some point... Is like okay, I'll be a good host, right? Well, she she says that if if she if you weren't a guest in her house, she would kill you right now, right? Uh, or beat you up, or whatever she says. Um, and she mocks you when you try to suggest that you would like to be friends with her. 
but Papyrus returns to the broken window. Ah, that it's a challenge. Yeah, and says, darn, I guess she's just not up to the challenge. And then he, he this flips the script <laughs> See, on the whole scene. Case, <laughs> in that case, Papyrus knows her extremely yes, well. Yes, knows right? her very it's well. Just, Papyrus is just funny. Yeah. So, I loved this. She tries to be polite and offer you a drink. And she kind of gets different things out and puts them, like, uh -huh. on the counter. And she's like, okay, choose which one. And you're kind of left because... You, you, the only thing you can do is get up to like walk over up, there yeah. and then she just like throws it like her spear through the table like <laughs> don't stand up that was hilarious you're the that guest sit so down hard, <laughs> and then so, she goes okay uh, and then she realizes she screwed up so she's yeah. like oh I mean uh, hey use that spear and to just aim. point at what you want <laughs> like, okay <laughs> so we take her spear <laughs> and you like oh, shoot the thing about it, man. this is one of the, the funniest scenes in the whole game I yeah love it. it's awesome um, she also, as you, you start to kind of drink together, she, she tells you how much you remind her of Asgore. Um, you're both total weenies, sort of, but, uh, here's the story that she gives, and this was really great. You know, I was a pretty hot-headed kid. Once to prove I was the strongest, I tried to fight Asgore. Emphasis on tried. I couldn't land a single blow on him, and worse, the whole time he refused to fight back. That's exactly what the main character is if you're doing true pacifist right which right um i suppose if if you're even having this scene obviously you've been trying to avoid killing at, people at least you're neutral yeah. yeah and at least you did that with her yeah right. right yeah so you know you you basically avoid attacks from everything and then you just try to talk them into <laughs> being your friend or giving them what they want or uh, submitting uh, to your mercy um he refused to fight back. I was so humiliated. Afterward, he apologized and said something goofy. Excuse me, do you want to know how to beat me? I said yes. And then from then on, he trained me. One day during practice, I finally knocked him down. I felt bad, but he was beaming. I had never seen someone more proud to get their butt kicked. Anyway, long story short, he kept training me, and now I'm the head of the Royal Guard, so I'm the one who gets to train dorks to fight. Um, and then she talks about not being able to let Papyrus into the Royal Guard because he's too nice and naive. Yeah. Um, he becomes friends with us instead of capturing us. That's why she was teaching how to cook. So we already talked about all that. Um, but since he has not come around for his cooking lesson, we're going to have to fill in for him. And this <laughs> cooking minigame, uh, you know, starts where the two of you are basically... <laughs> Just like violently preparing this meal, just smashing the yeah, ingredients like, and yeah, just, turn up the fire, you know, hotter, like, hotter. And it's super <laughs> epic too, the way that it's yeah. done. Like, uh, and then, you know, she yells, afraid we're going to be best friends. And so you're like pounding all the vegetables and like yeah. turning up the fire hotter and hotter and hotter. And eventually hotter like and hotter and hotter. And you just like burn down the house. Burn down the whole house. <laughs> yep. Uh, but she's like, you know, she realizes after this, you know, I can't make you like me. Some people just like don't get along or whatever, but it's for the better. Cause now I can destroy you without regret. Um, and it kind of goes into another, uh, little battle sequence, right? Um, yeah. where you can kind of like pretend to hit her with all your might. <laughs> you don't like really try that hard. And she just like realizes, um, I've been defeated. My house is in shambles. I even failed to befriend you. That's it. I don't care if you're my guest anymore. Oh, this is where the f one final rematch, you know, she's yelling about her pride and everything. Yeah. Uh, and if you pretend to hit her, it reminds her again of Asgore, and she can't muster up the will or the determination to hurt you anymore, right? Uh, she, she gives you a letter after that to deliver to Dr. Alphys whenever you come across uh, that yes, character. Yep. In the um, so, I think that's most everything from the Undying section. Is there anything that you had taken notes on that we haven't touched on there? No, no, we, we touched on basically everything here. Yeah, fantastic. Really, really love this section of the game. A lot of good stuff brought up. Really um, but I think the next section is, is like my true favorite like Without part of the game Metaton? and Metaton, the whole hot lands part. <laughs> it is extremely, good. extremely good. I freaking love this part. Um, yeah. Metaton as a boss is just like fantastic to me. It's constantly funny 
and surprising and you just like don't have any idea what's gonna what's gonna happen next kind of thing exactly <laughs> is absolutely hysterical yeah. um so yeah so I and I can't remember exactly how this goes. We haven't talked yet about the fairy, right? You go down to the fairy person. Yeah, the the Grim guy, Reaper yeah, the Grim Reaper. He can take you back to previous areas. Yeah, and every now and then, it when instead of riding a boat, you're riding like a cat that, yep. that like flies or something, <laughs> and it's always this just really awkward thing. And the uh, halfway through, uh, the ferryman will typically comment on the water or something. Oh, the water is very dry today <laughs> okay and like just funny funny stuff like that I yeah. love it. but that's how i always go back and forth in the hotlands and yeah. when you get to the hotlands early on there's like the um the two soldiers like the knights that are kind of guarding knights. the way up yeah <laughs> <laughs> they they're pretty funny and just yeah. through talking to them and not fighting them yeah you slowly like you slowly get them to talk to each other <laughs> And like the one dude, they both stop fighting you. And the one yeah. dude, this takes a while. This isn't the first time. Yeah. I think it's maybe the second time you fight him. Um, but the one dude is just like, hey, man, I like, I like you. <laughs> and the other dude's, yeah, I like you too, bro. And it's like, you know, but I like, I think I really like, I like you like you. And the other like, oh, really? And you're just privy to this whole conversation. Yep. And finally, they're like, hey, let's go get some drinks. Who cares about this guy? Yeah. And whatever happens to him, right? Yeah. That's very funny. And you see these soldiers throughout the rest of the game too, and they're yeah. like together. <laughs> they're like together now. It's yeah, so it's funny. that's what's so great about this game. Like, as silly as it is almost all the time, like you can't see things like that coming. Like it's just no, constantly no. surprising in how it resolves these battles if you're doing the pacifist route. And yeah. the funny ways in which like it sort of like resolves and, and <laughs> these characters sort and of like move on you know it's so funny the gameplay really ex um eg what's the word it it um accents it, it exemplifies this yes. right it's not incongruous like yes. the gameplay every new enemy you fight there's some unique way of mm -hmm. fighting them this isn't a game where you just button mash this isn't a game where you can get through without really paying attention much mm -hmm. you everything you fight you have a different pattern there's a different way that you beat the boss yeah. and uh whenever you encounter something new you you have no idea what that fight is going to be like yep. and what what the the bullet hell thing is going to make you do mm -hmm. you have no clue and you all you have no clue where the story is going you have no clue what is going to happen in the in these fights um, I think they just did a really good job. You have no clue how, who these characters are going to be, what they're going to be like. This game, halfway through it, there is no way to predict what's what's coming in any facet of the game. Yeah, um, that's just masterfully done. So it's not like he just did it in one aspect of the game. It's kind of permeates the whole game, the whole experience. Yeah, I I mean, that's the sort of thing I think you know people strive for when they're writing a story they want to make something that's novel or something that feels new or something that has been done before but so often it's just like either really hard to do that or not even really necessary because there sure. are certain archetypes and certain stories that people like and you just you know sort of change some of the details and more or less retell that story and people yeah. are into it um that's the funny thing about this game though because yeah. at a low resolution level like on a on a 300 or 30,000 foot view, you know, this is a very generic story. Yes. <laughs> it's a very basic story. Yeah. It's the hero's journey, falling down through a cave, finding your way back up again, you know, yeah. all the friends and foes you meet along the way. It's Harry Potter. It's freaking like, it's, it's the oldest story in the book. Yeah. It's Moses, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's at the same time just so not it, it's novel at the same time like he did he did such a good job a, a better job than i i would not recommend anyone even try to do what he did because of how difficult it is to to, to have new things happening every time and to have the person experiencing your story have no idea what's coming that can go wrong so so quickly mm. um but i think at, at least in some way toby fox did still stick to the general hero's journey um, in designing the game. Sure. And that enabled him to a lot of freedom in the details. 
as long as the general art yeah, that's true. matched up, right? Like when you look at that's it, <laughs> when you look at it as an outline, rather than looking at the details, the dialogue, the actual like events, the outline yeah. of falling down into the monster world, sort yeah. of like you know, even even just in, as far as game design, having like each area, your snow area, your water area, your your lava yes. area, your you very know. tropey, right? Yeah, I mean, like the outline of it is, but like all the details in between that are super unique and novel and new and hard to predict. Like what what's actually going to happen? I so. think if he was doing this, having the details be this difficult to predict, and the characters and battles and everything was this hard to predict, and he was telling a story that is not a well-known archetypal story that we already basically understand, mm. I think he would not have gotten away with it. Mm. I could see what you mean. Yeah. Um, because this actually is um, at the themes of the game, the the storyline itself, and even the the major themes of the game are very Christian, right? Sure. But if any one of you play this game who is like a devout Protestant evangelical Christian or Catholic, you probably you may not have liked the game <laughs> because it subverts a lot of Christian ideals we'll put it mm. that way but when you zoom out and look at the whole thing it it's the story of christ <laughs> so it it's it's so it's it's weird it's weird it's crazy that he was able to pull this off but. yeah but anyways i love this section uh, with with alphys and, and metaton this is fantastic yeah. so alphys is like the scientist inventor nerd uh who was contracted by the king um, for something that, well, just in case we don't get to it in this episode, I'll wait just, just for now to talk about it. But she's doing some experiments. She's been, uh, she has her hands in some things, some secret things. Um, and she's been watching us. Uh, as you enter her lab, there's a screen up there that shows you. She's been watching you on yeah, the cameras. Yeah, yeah. And she's become somewhat enamored with you, uh, uh, you know, like almost starstruck to see you actually show up as she's been watching you this whole time, right? Um, this is someone who lives their life through, through yeah, or like a through TV or through yeah. watching movies. You know, yeah. this is someone who isn't confident in themselves and living their own life and really prefers to kind of like vicariously live through other people. Yes. So you get a little bit of a, have you heard of, um, have you heard of Munchausen by proxy before? Mm -mm. Okay. Munchausen by proxy is where you make somebody else sick on purpose. Oh, yes, yes. So that you can, can take save care of them. them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a serious mental illness. Yes. And it's it murder a lot of um people a lot of these people end up killing people yeah. and saying, oh, whatever. It's like a psychopathy kind of thing. Um there's a little bit of that going on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. As Metaton tells us kind of towards the end of the section. Yes, yes. Yeah, she, she wants to take part of the journey and be useful to us, right? Yes. Oh, what I love, you go through Alpha, you go through the, the beginning there. You meet with Alphys. Alphys is, yeah, super starstruck, really, really awkward, just sweating, hands, you know, clammy hands, all the all the things all the time. Um and then um says like oh you know what uh if you ever meet metaton you know like just avoid him he's gonna kill you he's this experiment that i made but i accidentally programmed him with a thirst for human blood yeah. so as long as you don't meet him everything will be fine and then you hear the footsteps yeah <laughs> and metaton shows up and do you fight metaton right then and there well he does the the quiz the game show yes that's it yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he busts through the wall like freaking uh, the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is if you go back to that wall later on, you see that it's a thin wall and there it's not very deep. Yeah. The hole. Right. Metaton did not come from far away and mm. then break through the wall. Metaton mm. was just right there the right whole time. Right on the other side. Yeah. As if had been placed there. Yeah. And 
breaks out of the wall just at the right time, right? Right. But yeah, the game show is is hilarious. I can't remember the first question that's asked. In fact, I can't remember like any of them. Here, let me pull but it up. They're funny. Usually it's like there's an easy question or two and then there's like a, an impossibly hard question. Did you, <laughs> you have like two seconds to um, Did you see that Alphys gives you the answer? She signs you the answers to all of the questions with her hands. It's easy no. to miss. So, like, even on those impossible oh. questions, she'll be giving you a sign, like letter C or letter A, what? to like no tell way. you. I just got them wrong. Yeah. Or I guessed right. <laughs> no freaking way. Yeah. That so she'll she'll give you the sign, which also plays into this idea that she's useful, trying to help you, like make sure that you get past all of the traps and the that we the need problems, her, the conflicts. Yes. So she's she's sitting there signing all the answers to you for every question uh, with her hands while Metaton asks. And it's really easy to miss. It's really easy to miss, but it's wow. it's hilarious. <laughs> That's cool. So so even the ones with, that would be impossible, like he gets to a point where he's like, how many uh, flies are in this jar? And there's just like, looks like hundreds, right? You couldn't possibly yeah. guess. She'll give you the answer so you can keep getting them right. And if you do that, Metaton begins to realize, oh, Dr. Alphys has been helping you. We can't have this. Like, this isn't, you know, how this is going to go or whatever. Mm. Um, and that's when he asks about who does Dr. Alphys have a crush on. And she's all like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the answer is Undyne. Undyne. Um, and then Metaton's like, see, even this dude who just met you knows. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't keep a secret for crap. Uh, anyway, okay, so so that's what happened. Um, she gives you a new phone. <clears throat> uh, when you leave, it's it's like a like an, an act, like a more advanced phone than the one that Toriel gave you, so you can like get on social media, and she like signs you up for it, and like becomes friends yes. with you, so that you can get all her updates on social media as you're like progressing. Like every three steps, she'll like have another all like update, <laughs> not realizing that you're seeing all of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, her review of Mew Mew Kissy Cutie 2. <laughs> Mew Mew Kissy Cutie 2 is neither kissy nor cutie. It's like, <laughs> so, so good. Uh, let's see. So you go upstairs too and you can see her anime collection. Yes. <laughs> She's got like all these movies and all this. It's it's funny. I love it. Yep. All right, everybody. I'm actually going to stop the podcast here for this episode. We ended up going much longer than this much, much longer than we typically do for these exclusive podcast episodes. So I'm going to save the second half of this discussion for next month, which will hopefully allow me to get ahead a little bit again. Um, I think I posted this on the last video that went public on the YouTube channel that I'm going through a difficult time in my life right now. I'm kind of treading water a little bit, trying to keep up with everything, particularly with getting things prepared for the podcast and the YouTube channel. So I think I'm just going to stop there for now, which will allow me hopefully some space to get ahead here in the next month or two. So I appreciate your patience. I very much appreciate your support of the channel. Thank you so much for your generosity, for your donations, and for making it possible for us to continue.